ECU, do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to this edition of Hoist the Colors, Thursday, December 14th. 94.3 The Game. We've got a busy show for you guys. We're live, as always, on YouTube, on Facebook, on X. We're going to talk Team Boneyard today with David Faree from Anson Belt and Buckle. We'll bring him on shortly. We've also got some big basketball news. Cam Hayes, former LSU NC State transfer. He is eligible to play tonight for the first time in an East Carolina uniform. The Pirates are down in Lakeland, Florida. Going to take on the Gators. We'll get into that discussion with Kaysen Ramele later in the program as well. So we got a lot to do. Transfer portal news continues to roll in. EC welcoming in a quarterback transfer today. We'll discuss that as well. But first, we're going to lead with Team Boneyard, the NIL initiative at ECU, and welcome on one of the Team Boneyard board members. He is David Faree from Anson Belt and Buckle. You can hear about our Anson Belt locks every Friday on the show. Uh, David, hopefully we haven't been <laughs> embarrassing right. you too much in, in that regard. No, not at all. You guys have been doing very well with that, so absolutely. Yeah, well, ha- ha- happy to have you on. And really, this is, you know, we've had Hank Hinton on, we've had Doug Gums on. Those guys are, are board members of Team Boneyard and wanted to introduce kind of Pirate Nation to, to you as well. And we'll get into that discussion. But first, I want to give uh, you a chance to kind of introduce yourself, your background. How you start Anson Belt, people who follow the show, they see the advertisements on a daily basis, they hear it, so they, they know all about it, but those who aren't as familiar, kind of give us your story starting Anson Belt. Absolutely, and, and thanks for having me on, Stephen. Um, so, yes, if uh, your listeners have heard of Anson Belt, we are a micro-adjustable holist belt, uh, and so here we have our official ECU pirate buckle, official licensed pirate buckle here, but it's a micro-adjustable holist belt, so 30-plus options, a quarter of an inch apart, instead of five holes, one inch apart. So my father discovered the concept in Asia way back in 2006. He loved the idea, but couldn't find them anywhere here in the U.S. Uh, He wanted to try to find more, couldn't find them anywhere, so decided he wanted to start selling them, and uh, kind of enlisted my help with that. And so back in 2006, started kind of redesigning some things that we didn't like, and then launched our brand in uh, 2009. And it was, uh, you know, like many businesses, very slow going for, for many, many years. I was still working full-time, had graduated uh, East Carolina in 2006. And uh, so it was working on that, as well as kind of my first few jobs out of college. And uh, so, you know, eventually got it off the ground and, and, like I said, slow going for many years. But around 2014 or so, uh, we started working with a, a radio show, actually, a uh, nod to, to radio advertising and um, really caught some ground with that and then worked with influencers, uh, with YouTube and men's style fashion influencers and, and really took off there. Um, so, you know, we've experienced incredible growth in the last five or six years. Um, and so, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're headquartered down here in Beaufort, North Carolina. Uh, I live in Moorhead City. Our office is over here in Beaufort and uh, down here on the Crystal Coast. So, um you know, both my father and I are both alumni. Um, I'm actually my mother's an alumni, and, and my wife and uh, my my sister-in-laws. So lots of pirates in the family. Um, so you know, we are are true pirates. And, and as soon as we heard that you know NIL was was an option and a possibility, I guess going back to back when California passed the law, maybe 2021, um, you know that that was going to start being an option. So 
I kind of got interested in, in, in you know in it then and, and wanted to be involved uh, just as soon as you know we were able to. Uh, so David yeah, Free cool. is real. Yeah, good 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 background there, and awesome that you're an East Carolina family. You know, it's it's one of those things too where yep. you know it's kind of the, the passion is there. You come to ECU, you can't help but fall in love with it and the sports programs. And you right. mentioned it. So Team Boneyard. And we were talking a little off the air before we got started, uh, David. You were interested in NIL before you even kind of figured out about Team Boneyard. Clearly, the collective has done a great job kind of piecing together a board of successful business owners like yourself. So give us kind of the background of how you got linked up with Team Boneyard and, and getting started here. And now you guys as board members, you all meet often, kind of discuss what direction to, you know to take NIL for an ECU perspective. Absolutely. So like I said, I had been interested in it. As soon as I heard that it was going to be an option, uh, you know, I knew that as a business owner and a pirate fan, uh, I wanted to be involved. So um, I believe it was back in June of 22, I uh, went to a Pirate Armada meeting um, and had mentioned, you know, that I wanted to get involved with NIL in, in some way or fashion. Um, Travis Burt was there, uh, who was kind of one of the, the founding members of, of Team Boneyard. And, um, you know, he heard my interest in that and, and said, hey, you know, we're actually going to be speaking, speaking with some student athletes coming up uh, in Greenville. We'd love for you to come with us. So I actually went up to that meeting and, and met with them. It was, I believe, one of the, the first kind of Team Boneyard meetings with uh, with Holden and, and Jeremy Lewis and, and a couple other student athletes. And, um, you know, I was uh, involved in a, an official capacity, but, you know, as a business owner um, and wanting to be involved, you know, I, I was sitting in on that and, um, you know, kind of got to see the kind of the, the first kind of uh, wheels to that and, and, and those getting into motion. Um, and so it was about a, a year later or so, you know, we had, as Anson Belt, um, immediately wanted to start working with the student athletes. So before, I think even Team Boneyard really official in official capacity, uh, you know, we had reached out to Miles Berry and, you know, we'd said, hey, or actually Miles had reached out to us. I'm sorry. So Miles reached out to us. We reached back out to him and said, hey, you know, let's do something. It was in, uh, that was June of 22. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, worked with him. That was probably the, you know, it's not everyone is going to have a complete home run with, uh, you know, working with a student athlete. But what we did with Miles and what we got out of that um, arrangement and, and situation with him providing us with, with content, um, and that's what, you know, kind of we worked out with him is that he would provide us with images that, you know, we could use, um, you know, to promote our belts. And, and he, absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, you know, he provided us with images that are better than, you know, influencers that I work with and professional, you know, um, photographers. I mean, this, it, it was amazing. And we were able to put uh, a lot of ad spend behind those images, which, you know, it, it could have gone one way or the other and, and it ended up being a home run. So really, really happy with the way that uh, relationship worked out. And it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of local business owners, I don't think maybe understand the importance, David, of, how much it truly can help, they see it as maybe why why should we pay these players just more money? But there is there is an actual benefit from it if you're a business owner locally yeah. that you can get. I mean, you guys you know, reap the benefits of it. Could you So just expand on that more in terms of like you're not just paying guys just to pay them. Like you're getting actual bang for your buck as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, that's what it's all about is, uh, you know, being able to get something in return. You know, I mean, a student athlete does something in return for – um, you know, any kind of NIL money. And so for us, the agreement, you know, was, was content and that's something, you know, we're an online business. So putting out content is something that, you know, we have to do all the time. And so, um, you know, working out, uh, getting, you know, content and, and images like that video, things that we can use in ads, um, you know, is something that, that we try to get out of the student athlete. Um, and like I said, it's, it's hit or miss whether that's going to work. It's not, um, you know, guaranteed to, to be a home run every time. 
but it really, really worked out for us. Um, and, and, you know, other businesses can, can do, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be content. It could be, uh, you know, coming to an autograph signing or, you know, some kind of appearance or, you know, a, an event. Um, you know, there's all kinds of ways that businesses can work with student athletes to promote their business. And I think that you're going to be seeing more and more that, you know, our fans are going to recognize that, you know, they want to support these businesses that are, you know, supporting our student athletes, supporting Team Boneyard. Um, and so, you know, as a business, you know, we've gotten a lot of publicity off of that and it's been great. You know, we, we welcome that. And, um, you know, the fans, um, you know, want to support those businesses that are supporting our student athletes. So, um, you know, I, I encourage all the, the local Greenville businesses to get involved and, you know, they may be thinking, well, we just don't have a lot of budget for that. I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, even if, you know, Anywhere, I mean, any amount of money, you know, Team Boneyard would 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 accept and, and is welcomed. But um, you know, I mean, it could be as as small as as you know uh, as a you know five, um, you know, as large as ten thousand dollars from you know fifty thousand from a business. But you know, something as small as five hundred to a thousand from a business, um, you know, to get publicity that could go out to you know tens of thousands of fans, um, you know, through social impressions is you know, it is a pretty good deal. So, um, you know, I encourage all the businesses, you know, in Greenville and in Eastern North Carolina, um, you know, that, that are Pirate fans to, you know, support Team Boneyard in, in that regard. We're visiting with David Fariz, a Team Boneyard board member, also CEO of Anson Belts and Buckle. And, and David, we were talking, you guys are still working on finalizing some deals with some student athletes for the coming year. But uh, I saw a tweet from Antoine Jackson, uh, you know, promoting Anson Belts. So if you could, Give us the update there. You know, the ECU cornerback just had a tremendous freshman year. You guys plan to work with him. And then what, what else could be in the cards for Anson Belt with ECU students, this, the student athletes this coming year? Absolutely. So um, Antoine is a, a great student athlete and um, a really, really promising player for our Pirates. So we knew that, you know, right away that we wanted to make sure that he, you know, is, is, is happy here and is happy as a Pirate. So, um, you know, he actually had reached out to us. Uh, he had seen the belts and liked the way they looked and, and you know, wanted to, to work with us. So um, that's another thing that, you know, these student athletes, they have this opportunity now where, you know, they can approach businesses and, you know, and, and, and work with these businesses where that wasn't, you know, allowed, uh, you know, previously. So it, it's great to see that, you know, these guys are taking advantage of the opportunity. And, um, you know, and he definitely did reach out to us and said, hey, I'd love to work with you guys. Um, I know how important he is to our, our defense. And so, you know, that was important to me to uh, make sure that he's happy and, and to work with him. Um, so it's been great. He's, uh, you know, a great young man, um, you know, really promising athlete and, and, uh, and great student. So really, really excited to see what he does next year. So we'll be working with him. Uh, we, uh, we also will be working with another defensive player. Uh, I kind of want to do a, a full kind of, uh, you know, grand, uh, you know, uh, reveal of that so working on that um but that will be coming up uh definitely want to want to work with one of our big guys on the defense for sure awesome looking forward to that news when that drops david you mentioned you were kind of on the ground floor of this with ecu in terms of attending that initial meeting and like i just remember going back to to then i don't think any of us really understood what nil truly was and it still was changing daily so how, how do you feel like nil has changed from day one to now and even is still changing on a daily basis Absolutely. It, it is changing every single day. Um, you know, back from when we first started, I think everybody was really treading very lightly. We, we didn't know exactly, you know, what, what the rules are, what to do, how to, you know, how to go about it, you know, who do we contact and, and all that stuff. So it's, it's been, uh, you know, every day we're, we're, you know, 
navigating the waters and, and they're, they're changing every day. Um, I mean, just yesterday, I believe it was, that the NCAA announced that, you know, transfers didn't have to sit out, uh, you know, that year. Um, whereas before, you know, grad transfers were the only ones that, you know, could, could go right in. Those second-time transfers couldn't, um, you know, start playing right away, and, and that's changing. So that's that has huge implications for NIL. That means, you know, someone that transferred in could transfer right out and, and play again at another school. So, you know, that, that just means that, that we have to do a, a great job of keeping the, you know, the good players here that, that we want, um, you know, and, and uh, take advantage of the portal uh, when it allows, you know, to us to, to get those players that, that want to come play for us. So. David Faree visiting with us here on Hoist the Kellers on this Thursday, December 14th edition of the show. All right, so we, we've said it before. You're a board member of Team Boneyard. So if somebody's listening, they're like, all right, what does that mean? Like, what, what does it mean to be a board member of Team Boneyard? So take us through, like, your role. How often are you guys meeting, talking, t- trying to get a handle on this thing? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm one of uh, seven committee members that, you know, all volunteer their time. Uh, and, and, you know, honestly – just uh, probably with every committee that I don't know if you've ever been on one, but you know, there's only, uh, it's always just about two or three meetings a year. Not a big deal. Well, you know, there's been about two or three meetings last week. So, um, you know, which is fine and, and happy to do it. Um, and, and, and love, uh, you know, love, you know, working on that with team Bonier, but it's, we, you know, have been meeting more and more, um, you know, especially with right now with everything going on, trying to figure out budgets for next year. And, and that's, you know, kind of a big thing that, that we're working on right now. Um, so there's, you know, there's always stuff that, that's coming up, stuff that's changing where, you know, in the first couple of years, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, let's, let's get it, you know, we needed to get the money as soon as possible. Um, so, you know, kind of longer term fundraising efforts, uh, you know, just kind of had to take a back seat while we just tried to raise money as, as fast as possible. But um, we're going to be working on more kind of uh, larger uh, campaigns and, and fundraising efforts um, to really, you know, bring in the fans and, and really get the fans involved in, in Team Boneyard as a whole. Um, you know, right now to date, you know, have about a uh, hundred and, 90 to, you know, close to 200 monthly subscribers uh, or monthly contributors uh, to Team Boneyard and, and really would love to see that go over 200, you know, uh, after this show. So if anybody listening, teamboneyard.org, you can make monthly contributions. You can make a one-time contribution. It can be tax deductible when you do it through, um, you know, parents for Pitt County schools, public schools. And so... Lots of ways that you can donate and really encourage, uh, you know, a monthly contribution, even if it's as little as, you know, as, as $25 a month, uh, you know, $10 a month, uh, you know, anything like that helps. And, and, you know, I understand everybody's budget's different. And, um, but, you know, would really encourage everyone to, to be a monthly subscriber. Um, and that, that'll definitely help. Is there, a, I don't know, a goal for you guys going forward to kind of get that? For me, like I look at it from the outside in, hey, the monthly subscribers can be really the base of, of this, and that way you guys kind of know what you're working with, and you can get big donations on top of that. And you know, I run hoistthecolors.net. We've got 1,400 subscribers that pay you know ten dollars a month or so, or in that ballpark. So the the market's out there. The Pirate fans, we know they show up on game day, David. So I don't know. Is there a way to like to get know, people I've sign up? Dowdy Ficklin pack. Yeah. So we got to get more I've than two hundred people. Thousand strong in there. Absolutely. It's possible. They're out there. Um, you know, I just think it, it's going to take education of, you know, knowing, you know, who's behind Team Boneyard, uh, you know, what we're doing uh, with the impact that it's making. Um, and, and it's huge. I mean, uh, I can tell you, you know, if, if, if we didn't have something in place right now, it, it would be really, really, really tough to to compete 
um, you know, at, at any level next year. So it's 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 imperative that, that we continue to build on this, and, and it's only going to be um, you know more and more of you know of a piece of this entire puzzle, you know, for the the football team, the basketball, the baseball, all of our student athletes. Um, you know, NIL is is a big part of that picture. We just saw Coastal Carolina shut down their NIL collective. So I mean. That- David, that could be a, a, a team, you know, a team that a, a player from North Carolina or South Carolina is looking at. Hey, do I want to go to school at ECU or Coastal Carolina? Well, ECU has an NIL presence. He could he could choose East Carolina based off that. So I mean, this this stuff goes a long way uh, for sure. And is that is that something you guys talk about too? It again, y'all volunteer your time. You know, you're not getting paid for this, but it's important to each of you guys on the board. Absolutely. I mean, to make this successful is, is important, um, you know, not only for the, the time that we put into it, but I mean, we truly believe that, uh, you know, in order for our teams and our student athletes to be successful and be competitive in our conference, that we are going to have to be competitive with NIL. Um, and, you know, I think we're doing a, a really good job of that. You know, we are, you know, we're right in there, um, you know, middle to top. I would, you know, estimate, um, you know, all these schools keep it pretty close to their, their chest. But, you know, we are doing very well, I think, you know, within our conference. Um, but we need to continue to build on that. Uh, you were exactly right about the foundation, you know, and having these monthly contributors and, and monthly donors, you know, our just, you know, our, our fans, uh, you know, having them donate, uh, you know, every month, even if it's just a little bit, that will build, you know, you get tens of thousands of, you know, 10 to $20 monthly contributions that really builds up that base. Um, and then, like you said, you know, with some of the bigger donors that are um, so generous and, and we've been, you know, incredibly fortunate, you know, to, to the donors that have, have given us, uh, you know, larger checks like that, but that's going to allow us to do, um, you know, other things with that, uh, go after, you know, uh, transfers in the portal and things like that, that, that we're going to need to, uh, to build on, on our teams that, that change every year. I mean, it's going to be a, uh, you know, a process every year of trying to figure out, you know, who's coming, who's going. Um, as much as, as everyone doesn't like it, me included, uh, it's just, it's kind of a fact of the matter now. No doubt. We've got Alex Marion on YouTube says, thank you to David and Anson Belt, support of ECU. He says he will be supporting Anson Belt in return. So if you could, David, if, if any Pirate fans are, thank if you. they want that uh, that Pirate buckle belt, how can they go about getting it? Any yeah. deals on AnsonBelt.com uh, right now? Absolutely. So we still have our uh, kind of Cyber Week deal. You know, I, I always feel bad about um, having that for a week or two and then taking it off whilst people are still buying, uh, you know, gifts for the holidays. So we still have it live online right now. You can buy two complete belts, get the third free. So if you put three complete belts in your cart, one of them will be free. Uh, and, and with that, you can get the ECU official licensed buckle, you know, paired with any of our 1.5 inch straps and, uh, you know, get one of those as well. So it makes a great gift for any pirate fan. And if they already have an Anson belt, they can just get the buckle. So it makes a great stocking stuffer. Um, you know, buckles and straps are interchangeable within the same width. So, uh, you can really add to your collection that way as well. But AnsonBelt.com, A-N-S-O-N belt.com. There you go. And you can see what our, our next Anson Belt Lock of the Week is going to be on Friday's show. So we'll see if we can. Hey, I nailed last uh, week. I called Bills wait. over Chiefs and nailed it. So uh, I got at least I got one there right go. this year. There you go. <laughs> hey, David, appreciate it, man, On the uh, for the time on the show. We'll get you back down the road again. We're trying to introduce and get uh, Pirate fans in, in front of as many of the committee members as we can. We'll have Hank hitting on again in the next few weeks to talk more numbers and everything. But really appreciate it, and thanks for all you're doing for ECU Athletics. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Stephen, and I uh, really appreciate all that you do as well. 
Appreciate it, man. That is David Faree from Anson Belt and Buckle. Really good to talk to him on this program. All right, we'll get a break in. We will come back. We'll switch gears. We'll talk basketball. Kaysen Romaley is standing by. He is itching to talk about Cam Hayes' impact on the Pirate Basketball program. So we'll discuss that and more. Will he play tonight? Kaysen may have the inside scoop. We'll discuss that on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Iko. The game. All right, welcome back into the show on this Thursday. Really appreciate David Faree's time on the program. CEO of Anson Belt and Buckle, uh, member of the Team Boneyard Committee, which is uh, in charge of the NIL funding at East Carolina. So great conversation there. We'll get him back on again. Wanted to also point out, uh, if you haven't ordered your Anson Belt yet for Christmas, you can do that at AnsonBelt.com. Uh, David talked about the sales. John Gilbert was in studio Monday. He was also wearing an Anson belt. So, and I know Coach Houston rocks them quite often as well. So get your Anson belt. Appreciate David's support of the program. We'll have our Anson belt and buckle locks of the week tomorrow with Joe Sampson and Philip Pilkington. All right, some breaking news. Kaysen Romaley has joined us. What's up, Kaysen? How's it going, guys? We'll talk about the basketball news here in a second. We got football news first. Now, if you're a subscriber to Hoist Colors, we have been on one of these names for a while, and the other we reported this morning. But two new assistant coaches have joined Mike Houston's staff at East Carolina on the offensive side of the ball. Rodney Freeman will be the running backs coach, and Hunter McKay will be the tight ends coach. Now, both these guys have ties to John David Baker, much like offensive line coach Matt Maddox. And... Rodney Freeman played for Abilene Christian, was on the staff at Abilene Christian when John David Baker was there. Hunter McKay was an analyst at Ole Miss uh, this past season. So you've got that connection, of course, with John David Baker coming from Ole Miss. And then, of course, Maddox was an offensive line coach under Sterling Gilbert, who coached uh, John David Baker in high school and was on the Ole Miss staff this past year. So you got all these ties, these guys coming from the same tree and so there are your latest additions to the offensive staff. Aaron Auer is expected to move into an off-the-field role right now. Uh, he's the former tight ends coach, will remain with the program uh, for the time being. And then running backs coach Rodney Freeman is replacing Raekwon Boyette, who was let go after the season. All right, Kaysen Romaley is in studio not to talk football coaching changes, although he can. He's here to talk about Cam Hayes. Yes. And – uh before we get into what happened, will Cam Hayes play tonight? What do you think? Yes, I think Cam Hayes will play tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. This has been a long-awaited day for Pirate Nation, for a lot of people, for Cam, his friends, my friends, all of us. I've been waiting for this day for a while. Cam Hayes back in action. So what does this mean? All right. I mean, we could go down the whole rabbit hole of, like, is he going to be eligible for more than 14 days? But I don't even want to do that because it's just annoying. So what does this mean, at least for these next two games, where he will be eligible? It's been deemed that he can play, and if, it, if the eligibility thing gets reversed, then he will still be able to redshirt. The team won't be punished. So he's got this 14-day window to play. What does this do for ECU basketball for now? It provides scoring that they did not have, and I think it's going to take some minutes from Caleb LeCount and Quentin DeBunje. And, I mean – they have been very inconsistent scores. I mean, Quentin, the most inconsistent of them all, 
he goes for 27 versus Georgia Southern. I don't think we've heard from him since. And then Caleb LeCount scored his career high, I'm pretty sure, against UNC Wilmington, which was a great game, the best game he could have ever played in the best possible moment. But it's going to provide instant scoring. And also, Cam's played a lot of basketball. Cam's played ACC basketball for two years and then SEC basketball last year. He played against Florida last year, didn't have a great game. He did finish with eight points, so he kind of does know what Florida looks like. But then again, if you play the same team in two-year span, they're going to look very different, just like this, just like most teams around the country and just like this Florida team is going to look tonight. We talked to Coach Schwartz on Monday for the Coaches Show. He basically said that they have been getting Cam Hayes ready in case something like this happens. And he didn't know at that time, I think, that it was going to happen this soon. It was kind of odd timing, but he is on the trip. He is expected to play tonight. How many minutes should we expect? We have a question here from James Malice, who says, how many minutes can we expect Cam to play? Needs to know if I should put him in my FanDuel lineup or not. Shout out James! Shout out James Miles, who's, who's my roommate, driving okay. back from uh, Greenville right Did now. Did I get the pronunciation right? Yes, James. Okay. James, the technician, Malice. Um, yes, James, you should put him in your FanDuel lineup. I think that he will play around 15, 18 minutes a game. I think that he will probably be the first off the bench tonight if if there's not foul trouble with the bigs. I mean, I just think that this staff's been waiting for this, and just like you said, they've prepared. And they have the mentality of stay ready, stay ready, so don't have to get ready. And I think that's the situation with Cam. And I know Cam's been itching to play this whole time, so I'm looking forward to it. So Cam Hayes, not the biggest guy in the world. What is he, 6'2", 6'3", at, mo- at most? I'd say 6'2". 6'2", 192. So he's well put together for a guard. He's got kind of a thicker body for sure. But here's my question. All right, Bobby Pettiford, six foot. Cam Hayes, 6'2", R.J. Felton, 6'3". It's a pretty small lineup, but how comfortable are you playing that lineup? Because then if you do that, you've got some legitimate scoring threats on the perimeter. I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with that. You put Bobby at one, Cam at two, because RJ plays like he's 6'7 on defense, so I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think that yesterday when it got announced, we were talking about it on the boards last night, on various amount of boards, people were saying, oh, I don't like this lineup defensively. But then I... I didn't say it, but I thought of it. I was like, you're basically saying taking Quentin out and putting Cam in is a defensive liability win. Or Caleb account. Or if you look at Quentin's defense this past year, it has not been great, neither has Caleb accounts. And also, Quentin, Quentin, on good, Quentin plays good help defense, but on ball, he gets beat off the ball a lot. And I think that you're going to take the risk of the scoring threat rather than the defensive threat at this point in the season. In my opinion, I think you should. So, Casey, I got a question that relates to the line. Do you think we'll see more of Sear and or Callum kind of at all times because they're such a good offensive rebounding team? I think six in the country. And they're huge. I mean, they've got, you know, I think they've had a lot of times this year they've had multiple guys in the game who were over 6'11". Do you think that we'll see more of the seven-footers tonight? Yes, 100%, because I know that – I know Florida has some very big bigs, and I know they have one kid named Micah Holgerson, something like that. He's – Marshall transfer from Marshall. Yeah. He was supposed to go to NC State because his sister goes to NC State. It was whole situation. And Florida got him. Remember that this past season. He's he's seven one. And and look, my my dream lineup for this team, which it won't happen, is Bobby, Cam, Brandon, Ezra, and Callum. I think that is a great balance of both scoring and and defense. And I mean. At, and then, I mean, at the end of the day, someone is going to get the short end, short end of the stick on this team, whether it's Jaden, Quentin, or, I mean, it's just, there's not enough balls to go around. And 
I'm glad ECU is finally having this problem because they have not had this problem. I mean, instead of looking down to the bench and saying, who do we go with here? With Cam in the mix, like you, you finally got, uh, you finally got five to six to seven guys you feel good about. I've got an anonymous source texting in saying you're roasting the Boonje and also saying that we need more LeCount. Uh, look, I mean, like, I, I love Caleb LeCount. I think it's a great story, but Florida's huge. If you throw a five, six yard out there, you know, he's going to probably get pushed around a little bit this game. And, and, and Cam's not an elite rebounder, but he can at least go attack the glass a little bit. RJ rebounds b- bigger than he is. Bobby's not much of a rebounder. But we've seen a lot of Bobby and Caleb and RJ on the floor at the same time. I think that is just going to become Bobby, Cam, and RJ on the floor at the same time. Yes, and I know that Bobby and Cam both have great chemistry there. They're very, very close friends, and that's more important than a lot of people think about. And I'm just waiting to, just so looking forward to seeing them both on the court. I mean, I've been waiting. I've said it time and time again. I've been looking for this forward to this day for a while. All right. We'll get more into the matchup with the Gators. Can East Carolina pull off the upset? They are a 15 and a half point underdog. Kind of surprised the number is that big. Florida is pretty good though. So we'll talk about that. Can ECU cover? Can they win? We'll discuss that on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the colors on a Thursday, December 14th edition of the program. Kaysen Romaley is in studio. We're talking about the addition of Cam Hayes to the roster. And now we're going to preview the Gators, Florida Gators, Lakeland, Florida. Why aren't you making the trip, Kaysen? Why, Why am I not? Down there? Why am I not making the trip? Because I don't want to go to Lakeland, Florida on a Thursday. Actually, we got we got to address some other situations. What happened with the Coach Schwartz interview yesterday? <laughs> you, somebody was supposed to be there and did not show up. Do you somebody have partied to too hard the night before. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and say it. Uh, my last day of school was on was Tuesday. That was my last exam. After that. Me and the fellows would have a little bit of fun. I wake up at 11.45 to a text from Steve and I go, bro, what happened? I said, what? He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, Schwartz. I was like, oh, my God. But hold on. Shout out. Shout out, Philip, for going, for carrying Phillip the press conference. Look, I'm not going to lie. When, as soon as you said it, I was like, I wonder who asked the questions then. If me, if right. me and you were there. Were there. Philip stepped in. Luckily, if Philip wasn't there, who would ask the questions? Is what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. there was. I think everybody did a good job of bounce. I think everybody else asked like two. Was TV there? Yeah, there okay. were two TV guys okay. there. That's good. So they did it, and then Pirate Radio asked too. So okay. there you go. Well, uh, my fault. My fault. I, it won't happen again. I told Stephen that. This is your first. I, I luckily, yeah, I luckily did enough research on Florida because normally I just go in there. I trust you guys to do the research. And I just ask about our team. But I did some Florida background research where I went in, so I feel like I asked decent questions. Well, Kaysen, we forgive you. Two more strikes, though, you're out. So you got to make it happen. you got Sorry. one more semester to go. Exactly. So One more internship class, too. One more internship class. A lot of paperwork. A lot of paperwork. Didn't know that uh, Didn't know that there were uh, so, 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 so much paperwork to do for an internship. But, hey, you're doing a great job. It's your first mess up. It happens. We had okay. to give you a hard time for it. It's okay. All right. We've got several questions here about Florida. Cameron says he would be shocked if Cam Hayes plays more than 20 minutes. Cameron also says would love to see a three-guard set of Bobby, RJ, and Cam with Ezra and BJ at the four and five, which I I think is a great lineup. 
My question is how much can you play that in this game because you look at Florida's roster, <clears throat> their projected starting five is basically a 6'10 guy, Tyree Samuel. I believe, what, Seton Hall transfer? Their roster is not pulling up for me. I guess their website's broken. I'm pretty sure Samuel is, yes. Yeah, Tyree Samuel. Uh, yeah, Seton Hall transfer, 6'10", 240. Micah Hanlogden. Marshall transfer, 7'1", 235. Both these guys start when they're healthy. They also have uh, 6'9", guy, 6'10", guy. Yeah, 6'11", guy. He plays, too. He's like 7 feet tall. Yes. So, I mean, they are huge, and their guards are pretty big as well. So can you even feasibly go with a lineup like that tonight, Kaysen? Because you could be at an advantage on offense. The problem is you're not going to be able to rebound the ball. Yes, correct. And I'm not trying to compare this, but I'm just saying it's a blueprint. You look at a team like uh, the Miami Hurricanes. For the past couple of years, they've been one of the smallest teams in the country. And this year, they're the, this year they're one of the smallest teams in the country, and they're still pretty darn good and i think that it's definitely possible but you have to you have to find that balance of learning how to pack the paint and learn how to just play through that and i think that we are going to see this three-guard lineup tonight and i'm curious what's going to happen but also just but also just like we discussed before when you take out quentin or Jaden and put in cam isn't that much of a drop-off defensively because there have been times this year where i mean Jaden and quentin who you rely on to be great defenders getting blown by so I mean, right. I don't think it's going to be as much drop off as people think, and I think it's so. I think there's a lot of overthinking between those four or five inches of height between them. I don't think it's that big of a deal, in my opinion. And it's probably one of those games too. You got to feel things out, see yes. how it goes. And Florida, despite their size, they play at the 15th fastest pace in America. So they shoot a lot of shots. They play fast, and, and really, it sounds like they just kind of run down, hoist it up, offensive rebound, put back. Yes. Like, I mean, that's kind of their offense. They're only shooting 32% from three, so they're not a great shooting team, but they're averaging 84 points a game. Yes, and they have and they have depth in scoring. I mean, uh, Clayton averages 16 points a game. Samuel averages 14. Kugel averages 14. Poland averages 13, and Richard averages 10. That's five players in double figures, and then they have an- and then they have another guy, Condon, who's a freshman. I'm pretty sure he averages yes. eight points a game. And then the uh, Marshall Big averages seven points a game. So, I mean, you have scoring across the board, and that's what makes this team dangerous is everyone on the floor can score at all times. It's not like you're, it's not like you're facing, like, like just, like just for example, like a Memphis team or USF team from last year where you're, where you gotta shut down Kendrick Davis or Tyler Harris. This team can score at every position, and it's going, it's going to be tough. So, and this is what also makes this team hard to scout in teams like this because who do you put an emphasis on? Because any given night, any one of them can go off. Now, they are averaging 13 turnovers a game, and teams are shooting 34, let's see, 35% from three against them. And they're giving up 74 points a game. So, what I take from that, and some of this is competition, they've played some good teams, but you can score against them. You're probably going to get some open looks from three. Uh, they play fast. You'll get some opportunities. So ECU's going to have to score to hang around this game. Yes, 100%. And then um, I've been I've been watching them. I've watched a couple of their games this year. And in this first week of college basketball, they played Florida. Then Florida played Virginia in Charlotte, a neutral site, and they put up 70 on Virginia, which is absolutely remarkable. And they they lost it late, but they had pretty good control of that game in the second half. 
And then they played Florida State at home, and they beat them pretty good, but Florida State is a train wreck right now. And then they went, and then they played Pitt, which I thought was a just phenomenal win by them, because I think that Pitt team's pretty good in the ACC. And then they hung around with 13th ranked Baylor. Baylor could have won that game. Could have won that game. Baylor's, Baylor is once again in the top of the Big 12. People argue the best commerce in basketball. And then in the ACC SEC Challenge, they went to Winston Salem and lost to Wake. And that game was not pretty at all. They that's kind of their one bad game. That's their one bad game. They could have won that game. They controlled that game and blew it pretty bad. Because I remember it was the same time the NC State Ole Miss game was on, and I think. Carolina, I was I had three TV set up and I and and I looked over there junkie. and it was and it was tied and I looked back and they're down eight and this Wake and that that is not a great Wake Forest team and that's that's their one bad loss in my opinion and then they just beat Richmond their game before and that Richmond team Richmond is never bad at basketball so I think right. that's a good win. You're scoring 87 points on Richmond. I mean, yes, they're just they're, they're going to score. I mean, ECU if they hold them in the 70s, will be doing a great job. Honestly, I mean, I don't even think they've scored. 70 is the lowest they've scored, and that was Virginia, which has an elite defense. Yes, who's so, the best defense in the country? I mean, if you're East Carolina, all right, let's let's start there. What does ECU have to hold them to to have a shot at winning? I think 80. I think because look, I mean, yes, that's crazy saying that, but also I think this team can score eighty to ninety points. They, I mean, you look at it: ninety-three, eighty-nine, eighty-nine, eighty-six, ninety-one, seventy-seven, eighty-seven. So, if you hold them to eighty, you're holding them under their average. If you if you hold them to seventy, you can win. Oh, absolutely. But that's a very well, extremely tall task. You would have to pull Virginia. Yes. Um. All right. Uh, Christian Bateman says. Could have won games or lost. Wait, could have won games or games lost for Maley. There's no way ECU should have been in the game with South Carolina, but they were. Don't count out the freaking Pirates. I don't really know what he's saying there, but I think I think ECU wins tonight. I've 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 told you <laughs> multiple times. I'm I am you, you not. ECU wins tonight. Yes, I'll say I'll say it right now. I think you're still drunk dog. from Tuesday night. I'm not. No. 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 Haters going. Hey, hold on. Look, we can go back to the XL spreadsheet. I have us winning this game. We also had ECU beating USC Upstate. Well, all right, all right. Would winning this game cancel out the USC Upstate loss? No, no. You can't do. You can't lose to that team at home. I don't care. We could look, look, look. We could. Let's check in on what USC Upstate has done since beating ECU. We could. We could go on to beat Arizona tomorrow. In Arizona, and I would still be mad about what happened. You can't lose to USC Upstate on your home floor. USC Upstate is four and six oh on the gosh. season. They beat ECU eighty three eighty one on November fifteenth. They went to Minnesota. They lost sixty seven to fifty three. They played Ball State. They lost seventy five fifty eight. They played Voorhees. They won seventy nine forty four. They lost at Coastal Carolina seventy two to seventy. They did win at North Carolina Central. Over Lavelle Moten's Eagles, 85-82. And then they played Kennesaw State, who ECU had to use a Bobby Pettiford prayer to beat. They lost to Kennesaw State at home, 84-77. to So they have beaten one Division One team, North Carolina Central, since beating ECU. Correct. You just can't lose those games. Nope. Northeastern's pretty bad, too. That's yeah, so those games neck neck. are the ones that stick with you. And now if Brandon Johnson would have been playing – 
He would have, he would have won, but you shouldn't need Brandon Johnson to beat USC Upstate. Is my exactly. point. There's what ifs are everywhere, as Christian says. Yeah, what ifs are everywhere. Um, I'm trying to make sure we're not missing any questions here. I don't think so. All right, so let's get a break in. We'll come back. We uh, we also got some football news. I tell you what, we'll get Kaysen's final score prediction. We'll go around the horn. We'll get Philip and myself's score prediction for Florida ECU tonight. We got some football scheduling news. Next year's opponents are out. We got a question about that. We'll address that and uh, more on the other side as we wrap up the show. This is Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. I just gave Kaysen the Russell Wilson Let's Ride look. And we got our final segment, so let's ride, Kaysen. Let's ride on out of here on top. First off, do you think Caden Hauser, Michigan State quarterback transfer, is going to be the future the next future pirate great? I think he will be the next future pirate great. He goes from putting off that nasty green to the purple and gold. And just like Steven told me last week, CFP, here we come. <laughs> 12-team playoff, baby. And with this schedule, with, I mean, to be quite honest. With this high school 1A schedule, you better win seven games at the least. East Carolina found out that it will not be playing Memphis. They will not be playing USF. The Pirates will not be playing Tulane. They will be playing Army, Charlotte, North Texas, and Tulsa on the road. And at home, they will host FAU, Navy, Temple, and UTSA. In non-conference play, they will play Norfolk State at Old Dominion, App State at home, at Liberty. That's Fiesta Bowl winner, Liberty. Fiesta Bowl winner, Fiesta Bowl participant. Nah, they're going to win, and it's going to make us look that much better next year when we kick their butt at their place. Is Bo Nix playing? I think he is. There ain't no way. I'm sorry. They might lose by 50. Yeah. Jamie Chadwell and Mike Houston have a long standing rivalry. Jamie Chadwell, the head coach of Liberty. They were rivals at North Greenville when Chadwell was there, and Mike Houston was at the North Rhine. Then Mike Houston got the job at the Citadel, and Jamie Chadwell was at Charleston Southern. They're both in Charleston, South Carolina. There's some bad blood there, from what I've heard. So next year's Liberty game, ECU game, should be entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. I honestly. That's the one game ECU is going to be an underdog. I mean, like, if, if you had to say, if you had to drop the schedule right now, guys, like, what game is ECU a clear underdog in with what we know now? Well, I mean, we won two games. It should be clear. I mean, I agree. Everybody. We won a yeah. quarterback. Yeah. I guess, yeah, 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 Ask correct, me this correct, question correct, again correct, after we yeah, figure yeah, out who the quarterback's going Correct, yes. But I would say, like, Liberty is the one game, like, that's going to be tough yes. to win. Yeah. And you say App, App State, right? App State at home. Well, that'll be a tough game to win, too. Nah, App State ain't coming here and winning, guys. I'm going to tell you all that right now. That'll be another Mike Houston Revenge Tour game. The Mike Houston Revenge Tour next year is going to be interesting to watch. We're going to see, ain't we? <laughs> Samurai says 10 wins. Um, Mr. Wands World, he says, saw the new football opponents for 2024. It looks like a lot of the assigned permanent opponents stayed. Do you think the conference will finally get a rivalry week schedules going? Uh, kind of do a Missouri-Arkansas thing, he says, take teams without much history that are close to each other and get them playing every year. I mean, if they're going to do the rivalry thing, which ECU is assigned to Charlotte now, why would they not put that game the last week of the year on rivalry week? We're talking about like the ACC, ACC schedule, right? Where you play like the three teams each year. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so like 
the American as it stands now is going to have like ECU is going to play Charlotte every year, correct? And I don't even know what other rivalries matter, maybe yeah. Temple Navy or, or mm-hmm. whatever, because Navy Army is not going to be a conference game. But last year that was like a mid-season game, so why would you not put that on rivalry week at the end of the year when State is playing Carolina, when App is playing I don't know some Sun Belt rival? American Conference, are you listening? Does that make sense, Philip, or am I crazy? Wait, what? Phil just say yes. I was, I was looking at something on Twitter. Just Sorry. say yes, Philip. Just yes, say, sure. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. John Moody says the AAC is too stupid to do something that makes that much sense. Philip, I was saying, you know, you got rivalry week. Oh, yeah. No, we should definitely be playing Charlotte the last game. Yeah, like why is yeah. ECU playing Tulsa on the last? Why not play ECU Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, the same reason the Egg Bowl's played and even Georgia, Georgia Tech, as much as UGA kicks their butt every year, like they still play each other. Florida, Florida State. Yeah. You should definitely do it. It just it's like SMU it, should play North Texas because you can hit a golf ball from well, SMU's in the Dallas. ACC now, so they got to play. Oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Who is the SMU's ACC rival going to be? Cal. <laughs> Not nah, Cal and Stanford. You're going to keep that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, Don't get me started on that. Pittsburgh, Clemson. Don't get me started because you got Florida State and Miami. So the next close team to them is Clemson because all the North Carolina teams are already rivals. All right, just, SMU Clemson. Can't wait for that one. I can just see it now. Ram Saturday on the CW. SMU travels to Boston College and Chestnut Hill <laughs> with three viewers watching that game. SMU Boston College. That's where it's at. As John Moody texted me on Twitter slash X, he tweeted on October 28th, 2022, the American has a real chance to build some regional football rivalries the last week of the season starting in 2023. ECU Charlotte. FAU, USF, Navy, Temple, Memphis, UAB, Tulane, Tulsa, UTSA, SMU, which obviously can't happen anymore, and Rice, North Texas. So John Moody's got the plan, American Conference. Why aren't you listening? I mean, it's, it's, it's really that simple. Like, I don't, I don't know why we complicate it. If you're going to try to make a rivalry thing, which the American's trying to do, put it the last week of the season. Anyways, let's go around the horn. We got about fifty seconds left. Predictions for tonight: East Carolina, Florida, and Lakeland. I'm going to go Florida, eighty-five; East Carolina, sixty-eight. Jason, I'm going to go. The Pirates are going to win, eighty-eight to eighty-one. The Pirates are going to win. Put it out for Cam Hayes. <laughs> go Pirates! Money line hit them tonight. Plus fifteen and a half lock of the year. Book it right now. Don't forget it either. Well, we know it is Anson Belt and Buckle Lock of the Week is. Uh, I'm going to go Gators in this one. Give me the Gators 85-71. Are you taking the ECU points, though? I am 85-71. 14 points. All right, guys. This has been fun. If ECU does win, we'll get you on the show tomorrow via the phone just so you can break. That's right. That's right. All right, Kaysen, good stuff. We will talk to you next week. Otherwise, Philip, we'll see you tomorrow on our Football Friday. Joe Sampson will join us. We'll make our game picks. We'll make some bowl picks. We'll talk NFL playoff picture. We'll talk Caden Hauser and more. This has been Hoist the Colors on a Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.